Amen. Hey, saints, it's such a blessing to see everybody in church this morning. And I'm just going to assure you one thing that God is here. Jesus is here. He's always been here. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, I want you to know something. When you come in the house of the Lord, the Bible says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. I want you to just loosen up. Don't be too restricted. Let yourself go. You are in the house of your father. And let God do what he wants to do. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Want to just welcome everybody. Those of you watching us online, want to welcome you, salute you. And it's such a blessing to fellowship with you, to see our lovely brethren worshiping with us and our sister as well. God bless you. It's so good to see you. There's something about this church as much as, you know, we are coming from various walks of life. We got, you know, Colombians, we got Peruvians, we've got Ghanaians, we've got Filipinos, we've got Italians, we got, I mean, Sri Lankans, we got today, this morning, the Fijian, we got so many, I mean, Chilean, so many people from all over the world, Ghanaian. But when we gather here, you never notice that because we are a family. We are one in Jesus' mighty name. And want to thank God for that spirit in this house. Amen. Amen and amen. Amen. So I just want to go into the word. But before I go into the word, I want to remind you the first Sunday of every month is our Vision Sunday. And I want you to know that God is still building his church. The vision of this church is very simple. It's very simple. It's to become like Jesus and to help others to become like him. So we want to be like Jesus and we want to help others to be like him. How do we do that? We do that by our lifestyle and character. We do that by not our own ability, but we do that by being empowered by the Holy Spirit to live that lifestyle. So if you are here in this church, you know one thing. We want to become like Jesus. That reflects in our way we do things, the way we interact with one another. Is everything is how did Jesus live? How did Jesus behave? He came to set us example in our speech, in our language, in our behavior. We have to just show the world that Jesus is still alive. How do they know that? They see us and the way we live our life. They look at our lifestyle, character, we become testimony to them. Hallelujah. So I pray that no matter where you are, reflect Jesus. Show the world Jesus because you are a kingdom son and you are a kingdom daughter. Now this year, our theme is, what, do we, what is our theme? Who knows the theme except for the newcomers? Those of you being in this church for a while, you know the theme for the year. Who knows the theme? The theme is what? Kingdom culture. Kingdom culture. And right from the beginning, amen, I have been teaching about the kingdom culture. I've been telling you that the world has a culture. Culture is the way we live. In the kingdom of God, there is also a way we do things and live. That is the kingdom culture. We want to show the world how the world is meant to live. We are not here to follow the world, but we want the world to follow us. And we do that by setting example. We do that by showing them a different way of life. And the kingdom that we belong to, God is the king. God himself is the king. 
the enemy's kingdom has a king but called the devil. But you got to understand that Jesus Christ has defeated him. And when he came, he said that, listen, the enemy came to steal, kill, to destroy. But I came to give life and give it an abundance. And Jesus superimposed the kingdom of Jesus upon the kingdom of this earth. Hallelujah. So you belong to a kingdom, and that kingdom makes you a kingdom son and a kingdom daughter. Hallelujah. So we've been learning a lot around the kingdom, and one of the things we've been learning of lately is teamwork. We are a team. We are a team. And why is that important? we got to understand that because the church is known as the body of Christ. The church is a body. Now, when you see the body, the body is one, but it has different parts. And every part is uniquely important. Every part is valuable. Every part is very, 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 very significant. So every one of you belongs to the body, and each one of you is significant. Each one is valuable. Each one is your unique in your own way to contribute to the building of God's church. And that is why I just love to see brethren gathering together because we come together as a what? A body. Now, when we come together, ladies and gentlemen, the enemy doesn't like that. The enemy wants us to separate. The enemy wants us to fight. The enemy want, wants us to divide. And that is how he conquers God's people. So, but one thing is this. You got to understand the devil that we are dealing with, the enemy we are dealing with, he's all about networking. He's all about unity. The, the kingdom of darkness is very united. They are very organized. They're very, very, very about network. Now, that is why the other day the Bible says, when Jesus went to the gatherings, hold note the word, and Jesus was casting out the demon from the man, he said, what is your name? You know what the man responded? My name is Legion. Do you know what that means? We are many. I'm not one. If you want to take me out, you're going to take out many. We are many. Now, Jesus cast out the demon, and then the demon went around, note the word, He's searching for others which are stronger than he is so that he can come back and then occupy. Why? They believe in networking. He knows that on his own, he's defeated. So he network with other demons and other principalities and other, so that they can be strong. It's the same thing with the body of Christ. If we're going to be able to fight, if we're able to do God's work and win and do whatever thing God has called us to do, we got to understand that we are one. We got to be united. The moment we let the differences of culture, the differences of where we are from, the differences of our, you know, political affiliations or whatever it is, divide us, the enemy will win. So we've been teaching about unity. We are a team. In this church, we are a team. We are one. We are together. And God wants us to understand that because his church is body. We have many parts, but everybody's playing their part so that we can stick together. So we emphasize a lot in this church about togetherness, about being united. And this morning, I'm going to go along that line. So the title of the message this morning is, Don't Quarrel on the Way. Look at somebody and say, Don't Quarrel on the Way. Don't quarrel on the way. Don't quarrel on the way. Look at somebody again and say, don't quarrel on the way. 
Father, bless your word in Jesus' mighty name. Let's go to Genesis 45, 24. Genesis 45, 24. Then he sent his brothers away. As they were leaving, he said to them, Don't quarrel on the way. <laughs> he sent his brothers away. As they were leaving, he said to them, Don't quarrel on the way. Ladies and gentlemen, you know the story of Joseph. Joseph was sold by his brethren to the land of Egypt. Joseph now becomes the prime minister. There's famine, and now the, the brethren go to Egypt to get and get food and bring it to their father Jacob. Now, in the process of time, Joseph made himself known to his brothers that you sold me, but you see, God was taking me ahead to be in this position to preserve lives. So, as much as he tried to hide his identity, eventually he had to show himself to his brothers, hey, I am Joseph. Now, finally, when he showed himself to the brethren, he would ask, my father, is he alive? His daddy still said, yeah, father is still there. He said, okay, you go ahead. I'm going to get you food, and I'm going to put fill your sacks with food and everything. Now, I'm going to send you back to father, and I want you to go and get him and bring him here. As they were going, this was his advice to them. Brothers, don't quarrel on the way. Now, think about this. The journey was not enemies. It was siblings. He was talking to brothers. If you have any advice, why would you tell your brothers and sisters, don't quarrel? Because you can almost automatically assume, because we are brothers, we will not fight. Because we are sisters, we will not fight. Because we come from the same country, we are meant to be united. Because we come from the same clique, we are meant to. Listen to a brother telling the siblings and say, I know you are siblings. You are about to embark on a journey. Please don't quarrel on the way. Now, Christianity is a journey. And I sense in my spirit, that is what the Holy Spirit is telling God's church. As we journey, because we only have one destination, we only have one journey to embark upon. And that journey is to become like Jesus. That journey is to build this church. That journey is to show him to the world, ladies and gentlemen, as we embark upon this journey. The Holy Spirit is telling all of us as a church, don't quarrel on the way. Now, if you don't understand this advice, Ladies and gentlemen, we can come together as brothers and sisters. We can come together for as God's children. But if we don't understand this advice, we will begin to quarrel along the way. Along the way of building God's church, a lot of churches have collapsed. A lot of families have collapsed. A lot of communities have collapsed. Why? Because they began the journey, but along the way, ladies and gentlemen, that's where all the fights happen. The fight does not begin. The fight does not. The fight begin along the way. Because anytime you are journeying with people, you got to understand that we are dealing with different types of people. 
Even as we sit here, we are all coming from different upbringing, different, I mean, I mean, temperaments, different behaviors, and we are being brought under this church and say, God say, hey, you come from Colombia, you come from Peru, you come from Fiji, you come from Ghana, you come from Philippines, you come from Chile, you come from, I mean, wherever you are coming from, I, I'm going to put you together as God's kingdom sons and daughters who are purchased by the blood of Jesus and you are one by DNA. I'm going to get you to build this church. But along the way to building the church, don't quarrel on the way. Because if you quarrel on the way, you destroy each other along the way. You hurt each other along the way. You, you, you will not arrive, ladies and gentlemen, at the place of destination. So Joseph said... You are about to embark upon the journey, but don't quarrel on the way. Otherwise, you will not arrive. Otherwise, you will not be able to achieve the purpose. And ladies and gentlemen, today, a lot of marriages are in trouble, a lot of communities. Why? Because along the way, there's been quarrels. Along the way, fights. Along the way, misunderstanding. But he's saying that along the way, watch that. So this morning, as we build God's church, as we build Church of Living Water, the beautiful thing I was telling my son as we were driving this morning, I said, the beautiful thing about church is this. As soon as you enter the church, where you are from, the family background, the community, the color of your skin, everything disappears. Because God doesn't see that. He sees us as his kingdom, sons and daughters. So it is the only in the place of the church where all of a sudden the Ghanaian is disappeared, the Filipinos disappeared, Colombians disappeared. Who are you? We are kingdom, sons and daughters and we are one. It doesn't matter. There's no segregation. There is no differences because we are all sons and daughters of the kingdom of God. And all of a sudden we become so tied together, brethren together, to be able to fulfill God's purpose. What a beautiful thing to be part of. That is the beautiful thing about the church. That is why when you come into the church, all of a sudden, and you see there's issues of discriminations or, you know, segregation and there's problem. They just don't understand their mission. But I'm praying as a church, as we build God's church, we'll be able to understand our mission that people come here, ladies and gentlemen, they almost will forget where they are coming from because that is what it is. The church will make you feel like you belong. You are a brother. You are a sister. It doesn't matter what it is. I'm not relating to you because you come from my country. I don't relate to you because you speak my language. I relate to you because together we are all kingdom sons and daughters being carried by God, purchased by his blood for his greater purpose. And that I need you, you need me. Hey, we are a body. You may be the nose, I may be the leg, somebody may be the neck. But at the end of the day, we are all playing different parts so that we can fulfill God's purpose in the mighty name of Jesus. That is what we are here for. So Joseph said, my sister, my brothers, don't quarrel along the way. Hey, does that mean we don't have our differences? Of course we do. Ask married, married, married couples. Along the way, they are misunderstanding. That's why they're all the bad. At the end of the day, they focus because you have to know the purpose. We have our misunderstanding. We have our differences. But please don't let us quarrel along the way. 
Hey, if somebody offers you, just say, my sister, my brother, I'm sorry. Hey, if somebody just maybe didn't do something intentionally, don't just jump to the conclusion. Just say, I don't think they meant it. You know, because you're my sister, you're my brother. I'm not going to allow the enemy to win. We got to stick together and begin to be able to defeat this enemy in Jesus' mighty name. There are a lot of quarrels that happen in the Bible. But I want to give you some example that one that we very, very much know is in Genesis. Let's look at the outcome. Let's learn something this morning from that outcome. Look at Genesis 13. Genesis 13. This is the quarrel between Abraham and Lot. Abraham and his nephew Lot. Let's look at the outcome. Genesis 13, 1 to 3. Let's look at that quarrel. The Bible says, so Abraham went up from Egypt to Negev with his wife and everything he had. And Lot, note the word, and Lot went with him. Abraham had become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and gold. From the Negev, he went from the place to place until he came to Bethel, to the place between Bethel and Ai, where his tent had been earlier and where he had first built an altar. There, Abraham called the name of the Lord. Now, Lot, note the word, now, Lot, who was moving about with Abraham, also had flocks and herds and tents. But the land could not support them while they stayed together. For their possessions, they were so great that they were not able to stay together. And verse 7, a quarreling arose between Abraham's heirs and Lot's. The quarrel did not happen between Abraham at first and Lot. It happened between their heirs. The Canaanites and the Perizzites were also living there in the land at the time. So Abraham said to Lot, let not have any quarreling between you and me or between your herds Headers and mine, for we are close relatives. Note the word, for we are close relatives. Why do we have to let this be a fight between us? It is it not the whole land before you? Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. Hallelujah. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know something. Abraham, who had the promise of God, who had the, the, the destination God has sent him to go, was moving about from Egypt after the famine and was going to Negev. Lot, the nephew, said, I'll go with you, and he also came. Now, along the way, know that, along the way, God began to bless him. Abraham was so blessed, and Lot also was so blessed. Now, in life, you got to understand the enemy... Every time he wants to fight, ladies and gentlemen, he always fights with your associations. Who do you belong to? Who do you talk to? And where the fight most of the time starts like that. So Abraham and, and, and Lot, they were both blessed. But before they knew, ladies and gentlemen, the headman of Abraham and the headman of I mean, Lot, they were both fighting behind the scene because the place was too small for them and they began to fight. This began to affect Abraham and also Lot. And that is what happens. If we begin to fight as a church, it begins to affect the community. 
If you begin to fight as a family, it begins to affect other people. So what happens is that you may be among circle of friends, and there could be a fight that could happen between a particular two people, one side here. Before you know, it begins to affect everybody in the friendship. Why? Abraham's headsman and Lord's headsman, they were fighting. And then the Bible says that affected Abraham also a lot. And all of a sudden, Abraham looked at Lot and said, listen, we are relatives here. We are family. We, we, we don't need to fight over this thing. Now, choose. Look at the land. Look at this. If you go left, I go right. If you go right, I go left. What's the problem? At the end of the day, this quarrel separated them. What was the outcome? For the sake of time, we're not going to read that, but let me tell you the outcome. Abraham, the Bible said, was so blessed because at the end, he, he listened to God's voice. He didn't choose by human perception. God said, as far as you could see, Abraham chose. But Lord chose a place that was so nice. It looked so good. But he didn't know that it was going to be Sodom and Gomorrah. God was going to destroy it. Ladies, at the end of the day, Lord found himself into trouble. You know who went to save him? Abraham. Abraham went to save him. Whenever there is quarrel, Quarrel brings separation. Quarrel will make you go your way. But ladies and gentlemen, we need each other to survive. We need each other for, to fulfill God's purpose. So Lord at that time thought, hey, I can't be on my own. I don't need you. So what? But he forgot that he was being blessed because he was hanging around the covenant of the, the one who God had the covenant with Abraham. He didn't know he was blessed because of Abraham. He didn't know he was secure because of Abraham. He didn't know God had protected him because of Abraham. All of a sudden, he thinks he's also got it. And he said, you know what? I'm just parting my way. I've got flocks. You've got flocks. You can't tell me what to do, uncle. He left. At the end, Abraham had to go and save him. Quarrel will bring separation to close relatives. Quarrel will bring separation to, to couples. Quarrel will bring separation to church. Every time there's quarrel, you see there is separation. So they separated. At the end, they had to go. Abraham had to go and rescue him. I pray that as we build this church, there will never be an opportunity or room that we're going to allow the enemy to bring quarrels. Because as soon as quarrel begins, it will be separation. It doesn't matter the beautiful thing God is doing in this place. But I pray that wherever you are, whether in marriage, wherever it is, don't allow quarrel to arise because quarrel will destroy the marriage. Quarrel will destroy the home. Quarrel will destroy the siblings. Quarrel will destroy the community. Quarrel will destroy nations. Every time there's quarrel, it results in separation. People go their way. Say, you know what? I'm going to go my way. And everybody separates. But when we separate, we separate, ladies and gentlemen, at our own despair because Abraham separated and Lot went his way at the end. He got into trouble and the very person that he separated from, the one that needed to rescue him. Now, the Bible gives us certain characteristics about quarrelsome people and we're going to learn them this morning. Let's see how the Bible describes people who quarrel. Number one, everybody who quarrels, the Bible says, loves sin. They love sin. Proverbs 17, 19. 
Proverbs 17, 19. Can we project that for me? Proverbs 17, 19 says, Who, Whoever loves quarrel loves sin. Whoever builds a high gate invites destruction. Whoever loves quarrel loves sin. Because quarrel will bring people into separation. God does not want people to, there are people everywhere they go, ladies and gentlemen, they're so quarrelsome, they will bring quarrel, troubles. Ladies and gentlemen, God said, no, no, no. That is why we keep telling you that in this church, we have to be aware of these things. We got to understand quarrels will separate us, but God wants us to stay together. Quarrel person, quarrelsome person loves sin. Number two, quarrelsome people, God called them fools. Fools. Proverbs twenty-three. Proverbs twenty-three. Proverbs twenty-three says, "It is to one's honor to avoid strife, but every fool is quick to quarrel. Every fool is quick to quarrel." Every very, very quick to quarrel. God, the Bible calls the person a fool. Number three, a quarrelsome person is described as a person for kindling strife, ladies and gentlemen. Let's look at Proverbs 26 21. Proverbs 26 21. Proverbs 26 21 says, As a charcoal to embers, as wood to fire, so is quarrelsome person for kindling strife. You know what that means? It's like pouring kerosene. A quarrelsome person is a pour, is like pouring kerosene to wood. What does that do? It flames fire. Quarrelsome person, everywhere they go, is Proverbs twenty six twenty one. Can you project that for me, please, if you can? Quarrelsome person does that. Everywhere they go, they flame things up. If you go there and there's peace, they will flame trouble. If there is a little quarrel, they will even make things worse. The Bible says a quarrelsome person is like this. As a charcoal to embers and as a wood to fire, so is a quarrelsome person for kindling strife. It's like every time you see a quarrelsome person, the Bible describes them like this, like putting a kerosene on a wood. They light a fire. Number four, a quarrelsome person is described as immature. Immature, immature. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 3, 1 to 3. 1 Corinthians 3, 1 to 3. This is Paul. This, Paul was just addressing the church. There was fight. There was mickering. And then this person said, hey, I follow Apollos. This one says, I follow Paul. And they were fighting over who is the best preacher, who is this and all that, and whatever was going on. So there was segregation in the church. And then Paul began to address the issue. And listen to what he says. He says, brothers and sisters, not the word, brothers and sisters. In church, we are brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit. I could not. I came to the church and I see division, I see fight, I see segregation. And said, but this is meant to be a spiritual people. So Paul said, now I came to address you like that, but I cannot address you. I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still what? Worldly. Know the word. Mere infants in Christ, like baby in Christ. I gave you milk not solid food, for you were not even ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly. 
how is he talking to church and using these words? For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? Now, if you go down there, he will begin to describe. He said, let's grow unto maturity. So anytime you come to a place or any church, that there's quarreling over little, little things. This one said this one. This one is further. Paul says, hey, they are not living by the Spirit. They are living like the worldly people do. So in the church, we can bring the world. But we are meant to show the world the church. But when the world comes, they are used to already the quarreling outside. The world is used to the, the jealousy. They are used to, that's how the world is. So when they come to church, they expect something different. So when they come to church, especially we are going out there to preach the gospel and say, hey, go to church and give yourself to Jesus. And if they come and we are fighting, we are quarreling, ladies and gentlemen, Paul says, what is the difference between this and that? Aren't you still worldly? Aren't you still acting like mere human beings? But we are called to live by the Spirit. And if you live by the Spirit, ladies and gentlemen, the Spirit promotes unity. The Spirit promotes oneness. The Spirit promotes togetherness. So, ladies and gentlemen, there is no room for fight and quarreling. Hallelujah. What causes quarreling? Well, somebody will say, so, Pastor, then what causes quarreling? Why do people fight in church? Why do people get, you know, get up to all kinds of things? What causes quarrels? Let's look at James 4, 1 to 2. James 4, 1 to 2. Let me give you the, word, the answer there. James 1, so we can stay away from that. What causes fights and quarrels among you? That's the question James is asking. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Talking to the church. Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? Don't they come from desires that battle within you? You desire, but you don't have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask. Ladies and gentlemen, whatever you need in life, God has the answer. Many times we quarrel because it seems like we're trying to get the answer from human beings. We want the person to give us that what we want, to, to, to respect us, to be faithful, whatever we're quarreling for. Ladies and gentlemen, if you pray to God, God is going to give that to you. There's no need to be jealous about nobody. There's no need to be envious about nobody. Because, ladies and gentlemen, these fingers, they are never the same. Every finger is different. Every finger is different, uniquely created by God. And the glory of this finger cannot be given to the glory of this finger. If you cut this finger off, you can't give his glory to this finger because that is not that finger. So there is no need to be jealous about nobody. There's no need to, to wish somebody down for so that you can write. There is no need for that because God has made you who you are, uniquely gifted. And he's saying, listen... Where do quarrels come from? They come from the desire that battle within us. Every time people try to blame other things on people, I say, check what is inside of you. What happens is this. People only trigger what is on the inside of you. People say, but they made me do that. I reacted because they did that. No, 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 no. They did not, you did not react. Is that what they did trigger something that was is on the inside that you know God wants you to be aware of and and repent and, and do something about it? The moment you have excuse 
you will never change because you continue to blame people. Maturity is when you begin to take responsibility. Maturity is being responsible and say, you know what? I reacted in an angry way, but I'm not going to justify myself that, now nah, I'm a cool person, but they made me angry. No, 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 they didn't make me. The anger was triggered by their action. And therefore, you need to reflect and say, why did I react that way? Because you can only react on what is on the inside. So quarrels always happens based on what is battling on the inside. For example, if somebody has insecurity on their inside, they, everywhere they go, insecurity is inside. They will battle with people. If somebody says something, they didn't even mean it. They will read meaning into it and so forth. And they begin to get suspicious of everybody because there is a battle of insecurity within them. There is a battle of fear inside of them. There is a battle of so many things that people are dealing with on the inside. And he said that is where the quarrels begin. The quarrels, this, it comes from your desires, that battle within you. You desire, but you don't have. You kill. So you covet, but you cannot get what you want. If you don't get what we want, quarrel begins. But if you come to church, this person says, I want it that way. This person, how about this way? This one. And when we don't get what we want, our way, we begin to quarrel. Is it our way or God's way? It's kingdom culture. It's God's way. That is where there's no need to quarrel because as soon as I think I want my way, you want your way, say, hey, it's not our way. What does God want anyway? So how about we go God's way? And all of a sudden, we come together and we go God's way. Hallelujah. This morning, as I conclude, I just want to share with you 2 Timothy 2. 2 Timothy, what's the answer? What are we meant to do? As God's children, sons, and daughters. 2 Timothy 2, 23 to 24. Let's look at what God wants us to do. Don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments because you know they produce quarrels. Mm. This is the solution. We get into so many arguments. We get into so many, like, the, the things that people get involved with. He said, don't, do, don't have anything to do with foolish and stupid arguments. Don't argue about necessary things. Why? Because they will produce quarrels. Go ahead, verse 24. And the Lord's servant, who is the Lord's servant? You, me, yourself. We, both of us, kingdom sons and daughters. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but must be kind to everyone, able to teach and not resentful. And the Lord's servant, the Lord, kingdom sons and daughters, the church people, ladies and gentlemen, God, Bible said, we are not meant to be quarrelsome. So if you say you're a child of God and you're a quarrelsome person, you got to watch that. Where is that coming from? If you say, I am a daughter of God, you should not, when, when you come to a place, you shouldn't be bringing quarrels. You shouldn't be bringing fights. You should be bringing kindness because God's servant must be kind to everybody. When you come around, you speak kindness. When you show people respect, you show people compassion. God's coming servant should not be quarrelsome. You cannot be a child of God and everywhere you go around you, there's quarrel fights. Miss, as soon as you get there, no, 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 no. And I know that in this church, that is not us. 
That is not us. That's not our culture. I'm bringing this because we want to be aware of these things. So as we build God's church, you're going to realize that, hey, I am a child of God. And wherever I go, whether in the church, at my workplace, I don't need to be a quarrelsome person, but I want to bring kindness. I want to bring compassion. And if there is a quarrel because of my presence, people should come together. Marriage people should come together because of my presence. The community should come together because of my presence. I should not be the one causing the quarrels. Ladies and gentlemen, don't quarrel on the way. That is the message. Don't quarrel on the way. Let's be vigilant as we build God's church. There will be misunderstanding here come to time in time to time. There's going to be some things that we may know because we all come from different walks of life, different places, upbringing. Of course, we will rub shoulders, rub on each other. But let's understand we have a purpose which is bigger than all of us. And as we build God's church, we're going to stick together. We're going to just, you know, come so tied together for God to use all of us from different walks of life. And it's my prayer as we build God's church. Remember, don't quarrel along the way. Along the way, don't quarrel. God is building his church. This church is going to be mega church. It's going to be great church. But along the way, don't quarrel on the way. The worship is going to be amazing, tight worship. But along the way, don't quarrel on the way. Your marriage is going to flourish. It's going to be so amazing marriage. But along the way, don't quarrel on the way. The business is going to flourish. But God said, don't quarrel on the way. The community is going to come good. But along the way, don't quarrel on the way. The nations will come good. But along the way, don't quarrel on the way. Yeah, you look at Russia, you look at Ukraine, you see what's happening to the people, what's going on along the way in this quarrel. God says don't quarrel along the way. Quarrel will bring so many troubles. It will destroy homes, it will destroy marriages, it will destroy people. Quarrels will destroy beautiful things that God is doing. And if you look at marriages that once upon a time was such a beautiful marriage, you ask him what happened, ladies and gentlemen quarrel along the way. Family that way was so once together, beautiful. You ask them what happened? Quarrel along the way. You ask such a, you go to a, a church and it was so amazing. You say, what happened in that church? Quarrel along the way. Ladies and gentlemen, don't quarrel along the way. Let's, let, let's stand up. Let's stand up. Let's stand up in Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands and let's begin to talk to God. Don't quarrel along the way. Look at somebody and say, neighbor, don't quarrel along the way. Let's, let's lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Don't quarrel along the way. I love you. You are my brother. I love you. You are my sister. Hey, we're going to journey together. So now Joseph says, I'm going to send you on your way. Don't quarrel along the way. As we send you along the way this morning, as you go to your homes and your community, it's my prayer you're going to carry this sense of peace and sense of unity. And everywhere you go, maybe there's issues in your family. You know what? God is going to use you to bring that family together in Jesus' mighty name. Why don't you talk to God? Let the word minister to you. Maybe you've been hurt by your family. You've been hurt by a situation. And you say, you know what? I don't want nothing to do with you. You will not my family anymore, whatever it is. God said, you know what? He's going to mend that heart. 
Joseph was talking to his siblings. They were about to embark upon a journey. The journey can be so beautiful or can be so ugly, depending on how we behave along the way. People have been hurt along the way. People have been disappointed along the way. But you know what? In Jesus, you can always begin the journey again. It's a new season in your life. It's a new day. There are greater things ahead of you. There are greater purposes ahead of you. Joseph, brethren, they thought they were going to sell him, but they did not. They were just doing that so he could become a prime minister. God wanted to give him a free transportation. When they sold him, somebody took him. He didn't have to pay for his transportation. When they put him in prison, he didn't have to pay for accommodation. <laughs> and now all of a sudden he ate free, he, he slept free. And God said, now time has come. Go on the throne. You are a prime minister. Don't quarrel along the way. If there is an issue in your family, I'm praying for your family. I'm praying for your marriage. I'm praying for if there is anything that is disturbing you and your home. May God bring a sense of unity in that home. May God bring the sense of unity in that home because that's what, the, that's what the devil does. He breaks homes. He breaks communities. How does he do that? He causes quarrels. But he knows if those brethren come together, oh, Lord Almighty, they do something amazing. He knows if the couple can stick together, they're going to do amazing. He knows if the church can stick together. So he breaks them by causing quarrels. And when we separate from each other, we think we are winning. Okay. No, no, no. We need each other, ladies and gentlemen. Father, we thank you. I just sense in my heart this morning there's a family here disturbed. I pray for that family in Jesus' name. May there be restoration and peace within that family in Jesus' name. The marriage that the enemy is bringing so much quarrels. You fight these days, you don't understand even why you're fighting about. You fight, you just, anything agitates you. It's the enemy, watch that, he's bringing quarrels. I bind that in the mighty name of Jesus. I bind that in the mighty name of Jesus. I bind that in the mighty name of Jesus. That family will not be separated. Their children will not be separated. In Jesus' name, their marriage will stand in Jesus' mighty name. I just pray for that heart. You've been hurt. You've been hurt by a family. You've been hurt right now. May God restore the heart in Jesus' name. Otherwise, you're going to be a carrier of that hurt. And other people that come near you, you're going to hurt them as well. Do you know hurting people hurt other people? Hurting people hurt other people without even knowing. Because they are hurt, they hurt other people. Without even knowing. Hurting people hurt other people. May God restore that hurt in Jesus' mighty name. Let's say you are hurt from, church, uh, from work. You get home because you are hurt. Your wife talks to your husband. Ah! It's like, what happened? Because you're hurting her because you've been hurt. Hurting people hurt other people. May God change your heart. May God change your mind. May God restore you in Jesus' mighty name. Don't quarrel. Why don't we pray for Church of Living Water? Pray that there's going to be no quarrels. The enemy will not allow room for quarrels. We are a team. We are one. God is building his church and everybody is going to play their part. It doesn't matter what happened. We will stay together as a team. Hallelujah. Father, we pray for your church. Put us together. Bind us together. 
any quarrels the enemy will try it we crush it in the name of Jesus we are a team we are one we are one body in Jesus name father I pray for families I pray for marriages I pray for communities I pray for nations we will stay together any marriage the enemy tries to bring quarrel so that there can be trouble they can separate we crush it in the name of Jesus that marriage will not be a victim of divorce in Jesus mighty name the community will not be be a victim of separation today that because of the things going on in our world today kids are struggling kids right wake up and they don't have a father because the father has walked out and he's separated from the mother mother walked out Kids have no mother. Sep quarrels bring separation. That child needs to just wake up, be the father himself. He wakes up and all of a sudden he grows up. He doesn't even know how to, how to come under authority. He just goes and do whatever because he grew up without no authority figure to look up to. And that child becomes problems to community. And everywhere you go, there's trouble in the school, whatever it is. Because when every time the home breaks, the community breaks, when the community begins to break, the state begins to break. State breaks and nations begins to break down. So the strategy of the enemy is to break the family unit. May God secure you in Jesus' mighty name. And so, Father, we thank you for how far you brought us. The rest of the service in your hands. Bind us together. Bind your people together. No room, no room for separation. No room for quarrels in Jesus' name. Give us understanding so that we will know the scheme of the enemy. I commit everybody in your hands. I pray that this morning has been a morning of release, a morning of breakthrough, a morning of touch. It's a new beginning in their lives. And as a church, continue to bind us together. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen and amen. Go ahead and put your hands together for God. Amen. 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 Look at somebody and say, you are, my, you are my sister, you are my brother. Don't let us quarrel along the way. There is a greater things along the way. There are beautiful things along the way. There is a great vision along the way. Don't let us quarrel along the way. God bless you all. Have an awesome day. Amen.